like I remember Pastor and I, during that period, sometimes, once in a while, and he said it here before, you know, the devil will paint certain pictures. He's very good at doing that. You know, before your sight, like, you bring up a, a very, very anointed man of God. <laughs> and we say, this person has been married for 20 years. They don't have children. His, his ministry is backed with signs and wonders. Who do you people think you are? You are just starting out in life. <laughs> you say you want to trust God. You know, bring up, you know, but like we say, we made that decision at the beginning. God is. And so part of what I used to say to myself when I begin to hear those voices and everything, I say, no man is my standard. I say it loud so that the devil, I say, no man is my standard. Only God and his word is my standard. Let the entire men of God in the whole world not have children. They are not my standard. God and his word are my standard. And so you have to be clear because you are going to be, things are going to come to try to test your faith, whether you truly have faith. You need to know what you believe in. And you need to decide God and the word of God are your standards. Nothing, absolutely nothing else. If the word of God says it is possible, then it is possible. And you need to be clear and completely sold out on that. You know, I was listening to Mensa Lotabiliesi. Let me just share meet briefly with you. He ministered to me and I learned so much, you know. He was, of course, he was talk, teaching about gifts and calling. And then he talked about, he said one of his favorite scriptures in the Bible. I just, this is just Jara, you know, because I also want you to live your life like that. You know, media give us John chapter 1 from verses 19 about John the Baptist. I'm talking about deafness and clarity. I'm talking about authenticity about your life and confining the situations of your life where you know who you are you know who you believe and you know everything that God has made available for you Genesis, um, John chapter 1 from verses 19 okay now this is the testimony of John when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him who are you verse 20 he confessed and did not deny but confessed I am not the Christ. He knew who he was not. Concerning the situations and things you are believing God for, you must know what it is not according to the word of God. Continue. Authenticity. And they asked him, what then? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not categorically. Are you the prophet? And he answered, no, categorically. Continue verse 22. Then they said to him, who are you? That we may give an answer to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? Verse 23. He said, I am the voice, hallelujah, of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord. As the prophet Isaiah said, I am the voice. He knew who he was. He was not confused about who he was. He didn't take another person's identity. He knew who he was. So this principle consigning whatever you are trusting God for. Definiteness, to be definite, to be clear, to be consistent, to be focused, to in and out of season. You remain the same, authentic. Praise the Lord. That's how you walk by faith. Today, you not say this today, and tomorrow you say something else. In the two years I walked on my faith, God is my witness. I never said anything contrary. I just kept saying, God has given me my children. God has given me my children. Even though I may not see them in the physical, but they are more real to me than you who is in the physical. I kept saying, I never said, well, 
you know, um, I don't know. I don't know what is happening. I don't know why there is delay. I was consistent. I was focused on what I wanted. Praise the Lord. So, faith is not mental ascent. I already began to talk about faith. It's not mental ascent. Faith, mental ascent is just acceptance. Most, of, most Christians think that what they believe is faith. It's not faith, it's mental ascent. Because they accept and they know that what they believe and they know has not really had any impact in their lives. And like I say, how you know when you are faced with situations and circumstances, you know that is when it will prove, you know yourself. And I began to say quickly, man is a tripartite being, the spirit, the soul, and the body. You know, man is a spirit. He has a soul, and he lives in a body. You know, and yesterday pastor began to read the scripture that says, you know, Romans chapter ten verse ten. Romans 10.10. 10. I'm going to tell you how um, the heart works to believe, you know, and then you, you get your decision because it's so important. Romans chapter 10 verse 10. Okay, why they are trying to put that on in the Bible? Okay. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Okay, let's look at this. With the heart, I'm going to start from there. With the heart in the Bible, because I did some research also, the heart, just verse 10, Romans 10.10. 10. With the heart, the heart in the Bible most times overlaps with the spirit and the soul or the mind. You know, but normally Bible scholars will tell you that the heart refers to both the spirit and the soul. So with your spirit and soul, and I'm going to explain that as I go on, you believe. And we talk about that everything has to work in agreement. Your spirit, your soul, your body. The part that makes the confession is actually your body. Your mouth. It's part of your physical body that pronounces. And in the work of faith, you cannot afford not to say the things that you believe in. But I'll tell you, it's not just by declaring it. You must truly, you know, the scripture, I was going to get it. It talks about David, it says, let the words of your mouth and the meditations of your heart be acceptable to God. Both of them must be in unity. I've told the story before. If you've listened to one of my faith messages or something in these last seven years, you know that um, in year 2000, in year 2000, my friend, my best friend was getting married in Joss and she came with another friend come to talk to her about her Shuebi. And at this point, this was the heat of the time my faith was. I was just about, that was when I was really working. Remember I started 1998? By year 2000, so they came and they were discussing. And she said, Oh, Nima, this is what I want my friends to wear. I want them to wear this dress. I want them to wear hats and everything. And because already, and I'll, I'll go to that, my heart has so much been consumed with the fact that I am pregnant. So, what came out of my mouth immediately? Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. I said, Well, Maria, you know, I don't think I'll look good in that kind of heart you are talking about the dress because my stomach will be very big, you know. I was not talking out of mental ascent, and that's why God honored it. You know, I'd worked out my faith. I said, I think my stomach would be very big, you know, so I won't. And she screamed, and then the other friend, they screamed, Onyima, are you pregnant? And I said, yes. And they began to rejoice and rejoice, and I rejoiced with them. <laughs> and when they left, I defied my reality. <laughs> you know? But the honest truth is that when I said that it was not planned, 
because that's all I've been thinking about. And that's all my heart had been full of. And that's all I've been, I, 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 I'd been working on. It was about five months to her wedding. But the honest truth, when I went for her wedding, I was three months pregnant. God honored my faith. Praise the Lord. God honored my faith. Because I said to God after they left, I said, if <laughs> next time these people will not believe me. Because they truly believed I was pregnant. And so, but God honored and did not let me be put to shame. Because I was, I spoke out of faith. And I was three months pregnant when I was going for my reality. Praise the Lord. You know, so, um, and that is why I am telling you our story. Because it was this experience that taught me that, you know, of course we'll look at some of the scriptures later. But let me quickly say how I worked it. And so, you get a word from God. You get a revelation from God, a knowing in your heart that this is the will of God for your life. That is your spirit at work now. Your spirit that is in communion with God says to you, you know that this is what God has, the provision, the promises, and you, you believe it is there. But it, the mind is the connector. The mind is the filter. The mind is the in-between or the soul between the spirit and the body. The body represents the physical part of man. The soul is like, mostly when you don't, we, we, a lot of times they don't talk about, when pastor was reading Romans chapter 12, 1 to 2, you, most of the time the Bible will not refer to, you know, um, the soul, but the mind more, because the mind is a prominent thing about the soul. Once the mind is in control, the emotions and the will just follows, because it's also part of the mind. Praise the Lord. And so, I'll tell you how I began to work it, and then we'll go to the scriptures. And so I took the word of God that says, he makes the barren woman to keep house and be a joyful mother of children. My spirit accepted it. The next thing I needed to get myself to do for my thoughts to accept it. The honest truth is that you cannot be bigger than your thoughts. A lot of times, most of us are, on, are not aware of how powerful the thoughts is so that we don't know that we are supposed to control our thoughts. We are not supposed to allow our mind to think anything he wants. We need to have to, just like we, are, we, are, we talk about being deliberate about what we say, we must be deliberate about what we think. And that's why he says, let the meditations of my heart and the words of my mouth be acceptable to you. Because if you declare something and in your mind there is fear, without, without faith it's impossible to please God. Fear is the opposite of faith. So let us not deceive ourselves. Fear is in the heart. Fear is in the mind. If you have doubts, that is not faith. Without faith you cannot please God. They just must live by faith. Anxiety in the heart, in the mind is not faith. That is not faith. So you can confess it and think you have mental assent because you have the scripture. That is not faith. That is not faith. That is how I train myself. I had to start training my mind, my thoughts, deliberately, intentionally. That my heart was full, that I would not allow. And I did all kinds of things to make sure my thoughts were controlled. To make sure my thoughts were in order. Number one, the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I read, I listened to messages on faith, the word of God over and over again. I read books. Like I said in one of my messages, even when I, was, I went to the labor room, even after I got pregnant, I was still reading my book, You Shall Not Be Barren, The Force of Faith. 
When I was going to labor, I carried it with me. I was reading it because I didn't want anything to interfere with my thoughts. At every point in time, I was deliberate, intentional about monitoring my thoughts and controlling my thoughts. In fact, sometimes, most of the time, when I'm driving in those days, you, if you, uh, of course, my window will be up. But I'm sure if you look at it, you'll be seeing, what's that lady? What, what? It seems as if she's shouting and screaming because I'll be singing on top of my voice to drown out every contrary thought. I'm not moved by what I see. Hallelujah. I'm only moved by the word of God. Hallelujah. There is nothing the Lord cannot do. There is nothing the Lord cannot do. I sing those kind of songs, those affirmative, encouraging songs. I will shout on top of my voice. You know, my windows, I'll be shouting to drown out anything that will try to tamper with my mind. And I'm, I'm, I'm being very honest, it was deliberate. And that is why when God decided to honor us with children, he did. He did very well. And after I had my first baby, I was pregnant four times. The, and pastor never took any drug. I never went for any surgery. So when God decided to do it, he did it because when I said, God, you know, and no, it was no medicine, medicine, medical science, God did it. I'm grateful that we didn't have to wait for 15 years for me to have children because I took my destiny into my hand. I took my life into my hand. I decided to create my life. I decided to create what I wanted and I set out to work on it. It took me two years, but today I'm here. I can't remember those two years. Some people are still waiting five years, 10 years, 15 years. I got pregnant when I was three and a half years. By the fourth year, I'd had my children because I took my life into my hand. I believed in God and I know that in agreement with God, I can work out my salvation with fear and trembling. The word of God says, I think in Hebrews, is it 4, 11 or something, that says, labor, be diligent to enter into your rest. Be diligent to enter into your rest. I'm trying to tell you why a lot of people don't see results. I'm trying to tell you, when we talk about faith, I want to tell you how this is how faith works. Faith is not just, a, you, you, you get to a point, because I've gone through the principles of faith, I know how faith works. So if I want to believe God for anything, I don't have to do all this. Because I really know what to do. Today I put on Instagram. And that is deliberate. That is intentional. Because the time has to come. You have to announce who you are. I said my vision for my life is a prolific. I pick my words deliberately. Prolific teacher of God's word. And a world-renowned reformer deliberate so talk about prolific what is prolific to be productive to be fruitful so i'll go down okay teaching the word of god outside of preaching writing books so i have all those things deliberately clearly definite about what i want out of my life and i'll break it down i'll go to the dictionary what is the meaning of prolific write down every word and then begin to work it set goals and come up with strategies on how to be a prolific teacher of God's word because I choose that word prolific. I said world renowned because I'm thinking globally. So I put the word word. Renowned means somebody that will be honored all over the world. Known and celebrated for your work. Those things are deliberate. And so I put down the vision and then it now comes to mission. How am I going to achieve it? And then I'll come up with the strategies on how I'm going to achieve it. The different mediums and platforms 
going to use to achieve this vision. And then, of course, I have my core values. And those things are deliberate. Very, very deliberate and intentional. And I will not use any word to do anything without going to the dictionary. Getting every meaning of everything and working everything out. Strategy, strategic, intentional, deliberate. Praise the Lord. Okay. So, the heart. I began to talk about the heart. You know, um, the importance of the heart. Let's look at Proverbs chapter 3, verse 7. Media, give it to us. Proverbs 3, 7. I'll tell you that that's how important you should know. So you shouldn't allow your mind, your thoughts. You need to place importance on what you think. I like people who think a lot about the issues of life. Why am I trying to make you understand that there are certain things that you need to be very, very deliberate about? Your heart, and I talked about your heart made up of your spirit and your mind. And so you must be very deliberate of what you put into your heart and what you allow into your heart. Some years ago, I began to learn how to control my thoughts. <laughs> you know, um, because a lot of times, do a check on yourself. And in a day, find out how many times or minutes in a day were you conscious or aware of what you were thinking about. Most of the time, we are not even aware of what we are thinking about. We just allow our thoughts go haywire, here, there, here, and think of all sorts of things. But you need to become deliberate deliberate. You need to learn how to start controlling and channeling your thoughts in a specific and particular area. The word of God says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. I found out that a lot of things that happened that I learned a long time ago, even before I became a Christian, that anything I focused my mind on happened in my life. Whatever I wanted, all I needed to do was think about it over and over. And as you begin to think about it, it becomes very real to you. You begin to feel as if you are living already in the reality of it. And it just happens. I remember there was one particular, some years ago, we entered into a new year and I wanted pastor to change my car for me. He didn't have money. But I didn't tell him anything. Every day when I entered into the car, I will now begin to say, Lord, I thank you. Now using my mouth. Lord, I thank you because this car that pastor bought for me is so beautiful. I began to describe the kind of car I wanted. I said, oh, Lord, I'm really enjoying this car. As I'm driving this car, I'm having a good time. Lord, thank you for blessing my husband with the money that he was able to buy me a new car. Affirmative present. I was not praying, oh Lord, thank you for the new car you're going to buy. I began to envision, and that is part of using the mind. Imagination, visualizing, you know, and things like that. You be, and that's how I used it to work for. I used to rock every morning. You know, when I was believing God for children, I would... After I've done my quiet time, the final thing I'll do is, um, I remember I learned that song, Living Faith Then. Oh Lord, I am very, very grateful. I'll be rocking my baby in my hand, imagining me rocking and dancing in front of the mirror. Rocking, you know, so that's how spirit, soul, body. You need to come to that place where that thing becomes, you believe it so much that it is your reality. In fact, sometimes I used to say you need to brainwash yourself. If it means that when that is what you are seeing, that is what you truly believe. You know, sometimes people think you are mad. I used to say in those days, people used to think, sometimes when I say certain things, I'll see, I'll see pity on the faces of certain people. I'm sure nobody will say, but I could see, I, I'll imagine I'll be thinking so frustrated now that I see what she's saying. But it didn't bother me. I remember Pastor Tinuke Asegeme. I remember when I got pregnant, I remember the exact spot where I was driving, she was sitting in the car beside me, secretary, and she said to me, 
He said, Onyema, you know all that time. You know, recently when we posted Emmanuel's birthday on the fish, he said, I was there when Emmanuel was born. I said, yes, you were there and you trusted God with us, you know. And he said, Onyema, I remember that time you always be saying your children, you know, are more real to you. Than us. I used to be say, God said he's going to give you, your first child is going to be a boy and his name is going to be Emmanuel. He said, in my heart, I used to really wonder why you were talking like that. So she now said, anyway, thank God you are now pregnant. Oh, God really honored your faith. And she now said something to me. She said, Onima, if this child becomes a, is a girl, call her Emanuela. <laughs> Immediately I said, no, it can't be a girl. I said, because this is what God said to me. Definite. Clear. I said, no. <laughs> God said to me when he gave Pastor and I at different times those scriptures that I shall give birth and my son shall be called Emmanuel. So it's not going to be a girl. My first child is going to be a boy and he's going to be Emmanuel. And that's exactly what happened. So you need to be bold and confident about what God has said to you. A very short while, maybe like in two months, Pastor bought me the car. Yes. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. What, what, I, I, I'll quickly read through this outline, but I think I need to share this scripture before. I need to share this testimony before time is over because for me, and it would kind of um, illustrate most of the points I'm trying to, the testimony of my three cassettes. When I got pregnant, I, I somehow, in those days, in year 2000, and then early 21, cassettes then were very few. Now it's common, it's everywhere. We're very few. You see only women that travel and those that were very rich that carry their children in cassettes. And so when I had a contact with some ladies, you know, that kind of thing, I just said in my mind, when I have a baby, and you know, I like doing guy, I said, I can't imagine myself, you know, um, carrying my child on the neck and moving around like one market woman. That's what I said to myself. So with this blessing, I'm going to really do guy with it. And so when I'm going out, I'll put my baby in my car seat, and then I'll be carrying, so I started dreaming about the car seat. I defined what I wanted. I said, Lord, the only thing I was asking, I don't know why the car seat was too, that was my focus, that was truly, truly, I don't know why it was a consuming desire. And so all I thought about was car seat. I remember when we go for antenatal, They'll be teaching about labor. <laughs> the, all the women will be going and making noise. Ah, you know, I'm there, I'm dreaming about my cassette. I had passed the stage of labor. All I saw myself was carrying my baby, my cassette. And I'm being very honest. So when they are talking about that, my mind is not there. As they are doing and they are thinking about how to push, how to do. How, I had passed there a long time ago. My reality was always carrying my baby in my car seat, and that was all I talked about. After the antenatal women will gather together and be discussed, okay, they said, push like this, breathe like this. I was saying, hey, is that what they said? Because I did not hear. I was thinking of my car seat, and then as they talk, I listen to them, I will be disinterested, and I will start telling them about car seat. I will talk to them about car seat, you know, when I have my baby, you know, because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, you know. And so when it was like about one month for me to have my baby, I was still thinking about cassette. How am I going to get this cassette? We didn't have the money to buy this cassette. Nonya then came to our house one day and said she was traveling to the UK. I brought out mother care. <laughs> I brought out mother care. Pastor and I brought out mother care catalog. And we said, Nonya, you see, uh, right now we don't have money. But by the time you go and come back, I'm sure God would have bought us money. But you know, um, it would be cheaper if we get it there. 
and the variety. This is exactly what we want. And we gave her the catalog. She said, no problem, no problem. I'll buy it for you. When I come back, you give us the money. And so Nonye traveled. And when Nonye traveled, at that point, of course, being a young lady, we felt she'd be carrying extra luggage, you know. So we said, okay, Nonye, when you buy this car seat, my mom was in the UK then, go and give it to her. She's coming back about the same time. Give her the number. And so I called my mom and I said, you know, I have a friend. We asked her to buy a car seat for us, you know, and she's going to come and give you to help bring it back for me. And she said, okay. And so we didn't hear from Nonye those days of landline. We didn't have her number in the UK. We didn't hear from her. And of course, after I told my mom, I just assumed Nonye got in touch with her and everything. And then somehow, I didn't ask my mom anymore. She came back. I think she came back like three days before Nonye came back. And when she came back, she, she came back with a car seat. I thought it was Nonye. She said, well, that your friend didn't call me. You know, that your friend didn't call me. And so I was just saying, what gift will I give to your baby? You know, the reason why I didn't ask my mom to buy a car seat was then at that point, she went for treatment for cancer. And it was, would have been the most insensitive thing of me to be demanding. So I didn't even, I just said my friend, you know, so I was surprised when she took, even being sick, walked all the way to the shop to mother care and bought exactly the same car, car seat I gave to, I said to you, I didn't show her the picture, but somehow that's how God works. And she came back and she said, this is my gift. You know, I bought this gift for your baby. She brought the car. Three days later, Nonye knocked on the door of our house, came in and brought her cast. And she said, no, this is my gift to your baby. Two gifts of cassette. And like two weeks later, one evening, Pastor and I were in the house and we heard a knock on our door. And a couple walked in. We're not very close to them, but they heard my testimony. I was trusting God and I believed you. And they came with a cassette. <laughs> yeah. They came with a cassette and they said, we came to sow this into your life, trusting that what God has done for you, God will do for us. Three gifts of cassette. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20 unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above and be that which you can think or ask for and that is my testimony about the power of the mind and how you walk by faith and you, you, you don't just say I believe and then you go to sleep no, you walk it out you think it, you act it I, I, I talked about the emotion and to me that is very important, the word of God says I'll say that and then our pastor will come up with joy you shall draw out of the wells of salvation, you cannot say you are walking by faith if you are not a joyful person I had to train myself to that, work consistently no matter, and that's why I'll say I'm not moved by what I see you know, so I had to train. My, I'm not moved. I'm not moved by what I hear. I'm not moved by what I see. I'll, you know, so consistently, I'll, I, you have to be a person who works in joy. You have to be a person who works in gratitude to God. Because if faith is the substance of things, so far, if you believe that God has already given you, you'll be so thankful every 24 hours of the day. And that was my lifestyle. And to today is still my lifestyle. Lord, I thank you before anything. Lord, I thank you. You must be a person who walks in gratitude. Your emotions must be in alignment with what you claim you are believing. If I see somebody who says they are trusting God for something, and I'm not seeing them leaping and jumping, in fact, they should be the, the, the most joyful people I see around. Because you walk in that reality that God has given to you. You don't have to see it physically, but you believe. And if you believe you have something, you know, I will normally give this illustration. I'll, I'll say, for instance, if Dangode promises or somebody comes and says, you know, I bought a car for you, 
you know, they're going to ship it down. The person told you they bought a car for you. But you know, because the person is able, you know, you believe the person. You go around telling everybody, I now have a car. Every morning you wake up, you thank God, Lord, I thank you for that car. Thank you for blessing me with that car. That person used to, you pray blessings upon the person. When you are thinking, you'll be imagining your heart driving that car. The car has not arrived, but let's be very honest. You cannot help but imagine yourself. Somebody says, I've given you a car, but it's on its way. You find yourself always visualizing. Visualizing is replaying an image over and over and over in your mind. Imagination is that imagination has no limits. And that is a powerful thing about imagination. It works like the speed of light. You can be here and you can still imagine yourself as being in the UK right now. That's how powerful the imagination is. And so we need to employ the imagination. We need to employ visualizing. We need to employ confessing the word of God. We need to employ everything, spirit, soul, and body for faith to work with us. I did that. That was how I got my breakthrough. And that is what faith is about.